they say, well, you know, uh, the worst is yet to come. And, and what do they mean by that when they talk about COVID-19? Does, it, does that mean we're going to get a flare-up again over the course of the next month or two months? Rather unlikely at this point. The, the, the indications are that things are going to get an awful lot better. And we've heard numbers like 500 per day in the Toronto area. And uh, dropping to you know 200 would put us in a position where we could actually get back some of the freedoms that we've come to enjoy. Not all of them. I don't think we're ever going to get all of them back. And that's a personal opinion. But uh, now what we're hearing about over the long haul is a little bit more frightening. Uh, what's coming out of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States is that uh, a second wave of COVID-19 would be, and in fact, maybe you could even say that it would be called COVID-20 at that point because it would be the second wave that would come out in late uh, 2020. So they're talking about a second wave of coronavirus uh, expected to hit the U.S., which means Canada as well, probably every other country, next winter. Uh, much like the flu, you know, coming back in those those times of the year where we're more susceptible to things. And it could strike much harder, they say, than the first one because it would arrive at the start, uh, you know, concurrently of the influenza season. And that would literally overwhelm uh, hospitals, medical facilities, and so forth. If you think it's bad now, you know, look at it then. So here's a quote from doc, uh, the director of CDC, Robert Redfield, Dr. Redfield. There's a possibility that the assault of the virus on our nation next winter will actually be even more difficult than the one we just had and just went through. So I wanted to uh, talk to someone who is in control of some expertise uh, on this one as well, and we've got Dr. Lucas with us. Uh, good afternoon, doctor. Good afternoon, Peter. Nice to chat with you today. Great to have you on board. I know you talk an awful lot to uh, Jeff MacArthur, who usually occupies this chair, but you've got me today, and I'm concerned about this. What do you think? Is is this going to be something that we have to, unless and until there's a vaccine, that we're going to have to contend with on an annual basis like flu? You know, great question, Peter. I mean, I think uh, I would say I've been listening to what Dr. Fauci is saying, and you hear what the director of the CDC, as you just read, has said, I think there's a distinct possibility that this may happen. And of course, some of this is preparing everyone for the worst case scenario. And will it happen? I mean, none of us know for sure, but it seems likely that this virus will be seasonal. The flip side to the coin is, if you think back to SARS back in 2002, 2003, we never saw SARS after it came, and it's the same type of coronavirus. This is the, the part two of that coronavirus. So I suppose we will see, um, but I, I think it's a huge concern that if you have all the people who have the flu coming into the hospital, and then you have the second wave or even a third wave, who knows what happens by then, all hitting at once, the whole premise or the whole purpose of flattening the curve is to not overwhelm the hospital. So imagine if you have two things happening at once, you will overwhelm the hospitals, and it could spell uh, trouble for sure. It could spell disaster. But here's the interesting thing. You bring up the fact that SARS was a coronavirus, and we haven't seen SARS since we saw SARS. Thank God, and uh, and let's hope we never see it again. One would hope that this would be the same thing. But you know about coronaviruses, and I don't. That little ball with the with the spikes on it that we see on on the television picture or in uh, printed matter is uh, is a, a magnification of what coronavirus looks like, and then they describe how it attaches itself to cells and replicates and so forth and does its damage. Well, isn't the the standard influenza also a coronavirus? 
Uh, well, no, no, no. So, no, the standard influenza is its own separate uh, virus. It's a different type of virus. And when you think of um, coronaviruses and you think of the common cold, there are four types of coronaviruses that give us the common cold and give us the, that type of inf- uh, infection. But when it comes to influenza, it's a separate virus. And, um, but, you know, the whole idea is a virus is a virus. There's many different types of viruses. What we're worried about is mutations of viruses. The thing that happened with SARS, it came and it went. And I don't actually have a good explanation why that coronavirus came and went. And while we have four other coronaviruses that are present yearly that give us the common cold. And so with this, um, I'm curious what's going to happen. I would tell you this, that the fact that this coronavirus, this particular one, this COVID-19, has lasted as long as it's lasted, and it's impacted as many people as it has. And we're approaching a million, and we'll break through a million, I'm sure, um, within the United States and Canada coming up. Mm-hmm. So that alone tells me that this likelihood that this coronavirus will come back um, is much higher than when we had SARS, which had much lower numbers. Yeah, so it, it, it was low. So to, so equate one thing with another for me. I go every year, I'm one of those people who believes in flu vaccine, and uh, I have no reason to believe in it other than I've been getting it for as long as it's been around, and I haven't had influenza for as long as it's been around. So it's, it struck me that if we're dealing with a virus, whatever kind of virus it happens to be, and they invent something that attacks... Uh, and gets rid of or or prevents even uh, the uh, the COVID nineteen virus from hurting you from becoming active in you if you come in contact with it. Is it reasonable to assume that uh, that kind of a shot or a pill or whatever form it comes in would be a one time uh, situation and you'd never be able to get it again? Or that, as you say, like other viruses, there can be a mutation and you might have to. Um, get a booster or or a different vaccine every year. Well, you brought up some great points. The first thing that I want to say is I want to commend you for getting the the influenza vaccine yearly. That's that's wonderful because we know maybe forty five percent of the population gets the influenza vaccine on a on a yearly basis. So great job on your end, and and thank you for promoting that. Well, I'm an old guy. I don't want to. I don't want to die soon. <laughs> well, good. I hope everyone uh, follows your lead. Right. Uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to the mutations, I mean, you know, how will we know? We won't know unless it happens. And yes, that is a distinct risk. When you think of us making an influenza vaccine, it's all based off of the most common strains from the year before. So they analyze all the influenza viruses that have come, or the influenza virus that has come. They look at all the different strains, and then they build a vaccine for the following year. As you know, it's not 100% effective because people still get the flu. People still get the influenza um, virus. So because of that, we don't know what's going to happen with the coronavirus. Right now, they're trying to develop the vaccine for what we're seeing right now. But then you hear rumors, I don't know if you've heard them, but I've heard them, that there might be eight different strains of the COVID-19 virus type. You know, did it come? Is there one strain from China? Is there another strain from Italy? I mean, who knows? And so you're right, if we do develop this vaccine, and let's say it is available, best case scenario, for fall 2020 or towards the winter of of 2020, how will we know if the virus, this coronavirus right now, has not mutated that by the time we give that vaccine, well, it may not be that effective. I mean, these are some thoughts 
that we won't know until this develops over the next four, five, six months. But these are interesting questions and great so, questions that you bring up. So without being a smartass, Dr. Lucas, this is still <laughs> a bit enough. of a crapshoot. I mean, I wouldn't use the word crapshoot. I mean, what I would say is this. This is what should um, fill you with faith and um, maybe optimism. I'm going to be optimistic. I think everybody, look at, we're all affected by this. Our economy is in tatters. We're going to take years to recover from this. And, and when we say this, we're not even sure what this is because of, this, of conversations just like the one we're having. So we all, we owe it to ourselves and to everybody we love uh, and, and are friendly with to be optimists. I am, and I know you are, and I thank you. Yes, no, and, and, and again, thank you for echoing that. But what we have to what we have to understand is that the whole scientific and medical community around the world are putting their heads together to try to make this work. And what do I mean by that? All of us are particular specialists in certain subfields, and everyone has stopped our own research that we do, um, our own personal interests, and everyone is devoting all of their attention to COVID nineteen. And so to inspire confidence in people listening is to say, look, we are all dedicated to finding it. And that's why I, I wouldn't want to say crapshoot, because what, you're, what we're seeing is everyone's devoted and dedicated to come up with the answers, because this is truly a pandemic, as we're saying, as we know. So I, I think we'll have better answers than not, but we won't know because it is so new. And everyone's trying to just come up with something. So that's why you hear different things. You know, someone says hydroxychloroquine works great, and then you don't hear it works great. And so you're hearing a bunch of things because everyone's trying to mobilize their energies and their thoughts to try to find what the true answer will be, and that we don't know yet. Well, obviously what you're saying is there's got to be a winner somewhere, maybe multiple winners, and that's why we're being optimists. Thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Nice, uh, nice to be on. Nice chatting with you. A pleasure talking to you. This Dr. Lucas often joins us here on the Jeff MacArthur Show to offer his medical expertise, and you heard it there.